and welcome to another episode of the Belgian Football Podcast. I'm your host for this special episode, Scott Coyne. Regular listeners to the pod will, will know my voice well. Um, you'll be pleased to hear I'm not alone, though. I've been joined by our very own Mr. Joris Beck. How are you doing, Joris? All good, all good, as usual. Can't good. wait to, to make another special. Great. I know I'm very excited, just like you. So as Joris was alluding to there, um, this episode of the BFP is one of our special match previews. And this one's for the upcoming Champions League fixture between Club Bruges and Borussia Dortmund on the 4th of November. And to whet our appetite further for the game and to give us more of an in-depth lowdown on Dortmund, we've been joined as ever by our latest special guest. And today we've got with us Chris Williams from the Gagan Pressing podcast. Chris is also an accredited uh, UEFA and FIFA journalist and provides radio co-commentary for the Bundesliga's official English channel. Very warm welcome to what we like to call the BFP, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on the BFP. It's a pleasure to be here. Great, great. We're really excited to have you and to find out a wee bit more about Dortmund because as listeners will know, kind of, uh, Club Borussia and Dortmund know each other reasonably well, having met relatively recently, just a couple of years ago in the group stages as well. So this is um, a, a reunion that's come around a little bit quicker, I think, than everyone was expecting. I suppose I think the best place to start is probably to ask you a wee bit about how Dortmund are doing kind of generally at the moment since the season started and uh, also how how they how did they feel about the group draw yeah so i mean dortmund have um started the season okay um i suppose you could say that they've started okay they've not really set the world on fire they've had a couple of good results um but their style of play hasn't been where dortmund would expect it so for instance they recently beat schalke in the in the big derby there um 3-0 sounds really good but, but it was pretty poor in in phases and Beating Schalke 3-0 isn't really the benchmark at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Bayern destroyed them 8-0. So um, there's been some, some problems with the play. They've had um, a, a couple of issues that were really exposed by uh, FC Augsburg in the second game. Um, but Champions League-wise as well, yeah, it's not really got off to the best start for them. So um, it's probably a good time for Club Bruges to, to be facing them because there's a little bit of uncertainty there. I was going to ask you as well, obviously we, we, we've we had the first round of, of, of matches in the group and, and, and Dortmund lost lost against um, Lazio. How, how did that go down? Yeah, it didn't go down very well at all. The people at Dortmund, the fans, um, the, the the supervisory board, the people like Mr Vatska and Mr Zork and even Sebastian Kell, they can accept a defeat. Um, it's it's how the defeat happens is, is what will get them angry. And the style of, of play against Lazio was oh, it was terrible. Um, yeah, they just the, the team didn't look interested. They looked disjointed. You have to remember that Dortmund have got one of the strongest squads on paper um, in mm-hmm. Germany. I'd argue they probably got a slightly stronger squad than Bayern. But, of course, um, football isn't played on paper. And, yeah, there, there's a... a there's some issues around the goalkeeper selection as well. So, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of problems bubbling up, but it, it didn't go down well at all. Um, yeah, uh, Mikhail Zork said um, after the match that this is really unacceptable and there won't be slip-ups again like this in the Champions League, which is quite a big thing to say because obviously they've now got another um, round of matches against Zenit. There mm. can be no slip-ups now for Lucien Favre. I was going to ask you how that might might affect how the the rest of the group campaign might might pan out. Um, well, yeah. So, I mean, if Dortmund get beat again, I don't think it'll be a problem um, away from home. If they lose their home oh. matches um, and and the 
the style is still the same. The the emphasis, the speed isn't there. Dortmund are renowned for this fast, very quick break counter attack from um, defense to goal in under four seconds. The way they like to do it, Sancho breaking with Haaland. Obviously, there's Hazard there, etc. But they've been so static at times, and and yeah, I don't think there's any slip ups left for Lucien Favre. He could. Yeah, if things don't go away in those double headers um, towards the back end of November, start of December, if it's not going well in the Champions League and it's not going well in the league, we could see a change come Christmas. That's interesting. Yeah, the pressure's on because we we did wonder ourselves, you know, how how the result, the Lazio result, might might figure into to kind of games going on. And it does sound like you know Dortmund really want to put a heavy emphasis on on a strong Champions League kind of performance. I know it's well, it is important to them. Oh, yeah, it's very important to them. Um, obviously, last got to the final um, with mm-hmm. the Open Cup and obviously they are beaten by Bayern. Um, and to see their, their main rivals, Bayern, win the treble last season, um, very strange season, albeit you know, eventually they won it in Lisbon. But it, it grates on Dortmund that and they want to be up there and they do feel they've got a squad that can compete on all fronts. Spent a lot of money um, over the last couple of seasons. Um, it's just whether the coach can take them to that level. That's the big discussion in Germany at the moment and those surrounding German football is Lucien Favre the right man for Borussia Dortmund going forward What about the squad itself you know you were talking about how strong it is and there's a feeling that it's strong enough to to, to, to you know achieve big things obviously everyone knows about Erling Haaland um, I don't know how you kind of couldn't know about him um, what about the rest of the squad who, who are the key players to look out for Oh well obviously um, Dortmund are blessed with uh, a lot of quality attackers you quite rightly mentioned Haaland who's the main central striker outside of that in support there's Jaden Sancho who I'm pretty sure everyone will know about there's mm-hmm. Torgan Hazard who I'm sure all your listeners will know about superb player um, on his day he's almost unplayable um, Giovanni Reina uh, the American young American 17 year old uh, has, has come in and taken the league by storm and then that's just the forward line in the midfield areas is Jude Bellingham, who came from Birmingham City in England, who's been a revelation. He's only 17. Um, Thomas Delaney, um, Dahoud, um, who some people may know, he's hot and cold. Take your pick with that. Rafael Guerrero plays on the left, stunning as well. And then mm-hmm. at the back, um, they've got the likes of Emre Chan, who came in from um, Juventus. Um, Piszczek, when he's available. Thomas Mounier's obviously joined the club as a, light, as a, as a right back. Um, and Mats Hummels, Akanji. Um, and yeah, they, they've got so many quality players that yeah, this the sum should be greater than its parts really, and, and it's not at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it's just a case of getting them to you know, yeah, to to play the way that they know that they can. Um, yeah, I, I like your point earlier about you know football not being played on paper. Um, there are so many things that you know you you, you kind of you can't control um, and that that aren't givens. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. How do I want to ask you as well about how how Dortmund normally set up? Do they do they set up differently in, in European competition to how they would in the Bundesliga? Um, yeah, they do occasionally. I mean, Lucien Favre's um, favoured style of play um, is has gone to a back three now. So they will. I would be very surprised if they changed away from a three four two one um, last season. When Emre Chan came in, this was the whole move they wanted to go to that back three with almost. And really high wing backs that could drop through to a back five out of possession when they were out of possession. Um, but I will, I can't see it changing um, for for Europe because he played the the three at the back and that does fit the squad better. They played that three at the back against Lazio. It, it didn't really work out. I um, did experiment in the last game with Schalke, put four at the back, 
Um, but I think that was probably to try and negate some of the threats that Favre thought Schalke had under a new manager, Bauer. Um, but I would be surprised um, if they didn't go for that three at the back again, especially um, especially being at home against Lazio and then for the mm-hmm. home leg um, against Club Bruges. But for the away, maybe we'll, maybe we'll see him go back to the tried and trusted three at the back. And how have, how have Dortmund been getting on with <clears throat> uh, kind of coronavirus worries as well? Has there been any kind of impact, ongoing impact to the squad with that recently? Um, no, not not from what I've seen as such. Um, I mean, they've obviously been affected occasionally, but um, I mean, they've, they've got some real long-term absences that are, are not due to COVID really, which is um, the likes of Nico Schultz, um, Marcus Schmelzer. Emre Chan has been, um, is, is the main one that's been um, affected by coronavirus with a return date still unknown as yet. So um, that'll have to be one, but the, the rest of them have all been um, either impact or training injuries. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because as we as we record here today, um, Bruges are due to play uh, Lazio this evening. And as of last night, you know, Lazio were obviously having major problems um, with kind of uh, positive tests. Um, so there was a doubt as to whether the fixture would kind of go ahead. Um, as we know, you know, when, when recording these preview specials, a lot can change sometimes at 24 hours notice. And um, next week's game is 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 close, but also far away at the same time in, in, in virus terms. Um, two teams obviously know each other kind of quite well. Um, you know, I mean, as we sort of alluded to earlier, because they met a couple of years ago in the group phase, where Dortmund had a, there was a draw in Dortmund in the fixture and then a narrow victory for, for Dortmund when they came to Bruges. Um, do you think, you know, Dortmund's approach to how they, they might play the Bruges fixture will, will have changed since then? What's your feeling on that? Or do you feel that they know each other well enough? Um, yeah, I think they, historically, they may well know um, each other well enough, but mm-hmm. there's there's been different players come into Dortmund since then and they yeah. Their, their style a little bit as I say they 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 did play um predominantly four two three one now they've gone for that three at the back four in midfield I mean I don't think they'll I don't think they'll look at it um historically as as you know we, it's a narrow victory before maybe this will happen to us again I think they'll take it as a new fixture and, and go forward but I mean with these double headers are, are quite key because especially yeah. you, you're playing teams in, in quite a, a small space of time and all of a sudden, if you lose that first game, it impacts on that second game immediately. Um, so I think if Dortmund were to come away from the fixture with anything um, less than four points, I think there would be some eyebrows be raised by Dortmund. Um, that's not to say any disrespect on Club Bruges, but Dortmund feel that they want to be qualifying from this group and going into the latter stages of the Champions League past around a 16. That's the very minimum they expect to get through. So I think they would be expecting to pick up um, six points in that fixture, especially after losing that first game in Lazio in, in such a terrible mm-hmm. Yeah, manner. Yeah, put puts a bit of pressure. I was interested. I was going to ask you that. You know what I mean? So, I'd, yeah, I think it'll definitely be a tough fixture for Bruges. Um, well, while we've got you, Chris, we should really ask you a little bit more about how the the Belgian guys in the Dortmund squad are doing. You know, people will know about um, Thomas Muni and Axel Witzel and Thorgan Hazard, who you mentioned. How 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 are things going for those guys at the moment? Yeah, okay. So Thorgan Hazard um, is an integral part of of that forward lineup. Um, Dortmund are blessed with with a lot of talented forward players. So. 
it's really um, it's really a bit of a hard job for Lucy and Favre to, to get them all mixed in and to get them playing regularly. But Torgan Hazard has, has been really good since he arrived at Dortmund, especially last season as well. I was at the game against Borussia Mönchengladbach where he played mm-hmm. phenomenally well. Obviously, that was his previous team as well. Um, Thomas Mounier's come in um, and, yeah, I think he's adapting to the league well made a, an error or two in the first couple of games but I think that was his adaptation to the league and adaptation to starting and playing you know proper football again on, on a regular basis but he looks okay um, Axel Witzel was one of the standout performers when he arrived um, in his first mm-hmm. season and, and that's continuing as well now he really struck up a partnership in that central midfield area um, originally with Thomas Delaney um, has done it with um, De Hood and, and will now be expected to do it with Jude Bellingham as well so yeah the Belgians that Dortmund have got have fitted in really well and, and seem to be a key part of the squad throughout. Just just as a slight aside, n- not a Belgian player, but um, is is there any chance that young uh, Yusufa Makoko might might make the squad? Um, he's just a, he's he's a player that kind of interests us as a as a young player as well. Do you, do you think he might make the match squad at all? Um, I'm not 100% sure he'll make that match squad purely because of his age at the moment, or if he does, oh. he will be outside of that. Um, He'll be outside of that match day squad, but will still be present. I think there's a few teams that have done that across Europe. Um, I think Liverpool have done that before. Bayern as well. They've given the opportunity for some of those youth players to just sit on the bench and take the atmosphere in of being with the first team, but without being named. But with his age um, being what it is um, and, and the, the weight of expectation that's around him, um, I think they'll want to drip feed him in very, very slowly. And of course, he's at one of the best clubs in Europe to do that to generate that um, that youth product. But yeah, he is definitely a player um, to keep an eye on because um, I think he'll be similar to Giovanni Reina when he comes in um, and uh-huh. maybe in Pulisic before that. That's the sort of impact he'll have. So yeah, he's definitely a player to keep an eye on. Yeah, we're, we're asking because yeah. actually the, the return game is the first game after his 16th birthday. So the first game is actually eligible to play for Dortmund. Would be nice. Uh, Iniesta also made his debut for Barcelona in a away game at Bruges. Yeah, yeah. Be great to see him. Um, but I, I'm not sure Dortmund would throw him straight mm-hmm. into a Champions League game, especially at the side of, of Club Bruges' stature and stage um, of nature. Obviously playing Europe consistently Belgian champions I think it would be a um, it would be a hard ask for him to come mm-hmm. in and and do that really I mean the the group itself is, is quite a tight um, to group group F there isn't really a standout team where you'd think oh maybe there's a chance we can get you know all three points everybody's looking at that team for for a guaranteed three points I don't think Group F has that. Obviously, Bruja are strong as a Lazio and Zenit Zenit are fantastic at home can be um, the problem travelers, but on the whole, it, it's four good groups in, in sorry, four good teams in that group. So um, I'd be surprised to see him thrown in um, to such a big game. He may make an appearance perhaps, you know, last 20 minutes or so at some point this season, but um, I think Dortmund will, will shield his development very closely. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's just about all we've got time for in this special episode. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris. It's It's been great to get a kind of an insight into sort of where Dortmund are at the moment. We would certainly suggest here at the BFP that our listeners check out Chris's personal Twitter, which you can find at Chris78Williams, and also check out the, the gig and pressing pod as well, because that's, that's absolutely excellent for coverage of the Bundesliga. Um, highly recommended uh, on our part, definitely. Now, as our listeners would know, we're we're always, you know, um, 
open and enjoy getting feedback, questions and comments here at the BFP. So if you do fancy a bit of that, and as I always say, why wouldn't you? Um, there's a number of different ways you can get in touch with us. You can tweet us at Belgian Podcast or you can email us at belgianfootpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find our guys on personal Twitter. Um, you can find me at Scott underscore coin and you can get in touch with our Yoris at Yoris underscore Beck. That's B-E-C-Q. Make sure it's B-E-C-Q or it'll be another <laughs> Yoris that you find. Um, and you can also find our Ben at Ben underscore Jack 94. Before we go, is there anything that you would like to plug yourself, Chris? Um, no, I don't actually have anything to plug at the moment. Um, so, so yeah, no, just <laughs> check us out if you want to know about German football. Please do check us out. Um, part of the Football Grad Network, which also covers clubs in the what's called the post-Soviet space as well. So anywhere from um, Zenit St. Petersburg to Red Star Belgrade. Yeah, absolutely. We would definitely recommend our listeners check out check out at Football Grad Live as well as the Greg Pressing Pod and, and Chris's own personal Twitter as well, at Chris78 Williams, as I was saying. Brilliant, brilliant coverage of the Bundesliga. Thanks again so much, Chris. And um, stay safe, everyone. And we'll see you soon, again soon on another episode of the BFP. Thank you.